holy. I feel like the Lord just, he did it like a sermon in the worship, you know, <laughs> with like quasi altar call during the worship, you know, because we're all pretty much going forward in our hearts and declaring. But I really felt uh, a specific word that the Lord was saying over us and that it's, it's turnaround time. It's time for turnaround. Things are shifting. Things are moving. He's turning the tables over. He's turning all things around for good. And what was isn't going to be anymore because there's a shift happening. And sometimes I don't like saying that because that's so charismatic, you know. And there's a shift, you know. And he's turning things around. He like people say that to rev the crowd up. But that's not this. It's a genuine word of the Lord happening right now that it's turnaround time. And, and where the enemy had you or whatever he's been trying to do, that's stopping in Jesus' name. And things are turning around for your life. And I love what God did in the worship because it was like, no, I'm standing in my authority. And that's like the prerequisite for turning things around. It's like, hang on a minute. Wait, what's been happening here? My eyes just got open. Things need to shift. Things need to turn around because I'm figuring out that it hasn't been how it should be. And the enemy has been having a heyday and we can't be like Adam and Eve and give away our authority to him. Because sometimes we read Adam and Eve and we're like, Eve, how could she do that? I said this once before. How could she just, how could they give away the authority and, oh, like we would never do that, you know? But in our own lives and in different areas of, of our lives, we're giving authority away to the enemy when we should be obtaining and holding and enforcing the authority that Jesus gave us. Are you with me? And I, and I feel the Lord saying, things are turning around right now. Mm-mm-mm. Things are shifting. This is not going to stay how it is. And, 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 and God's going to turn it around for your good. And the awesome thing I, I love about giving my life to Jesus and living for him is that he, when you receive him, he, he takes your future. It's like everything that I could be, all the dreams, everything that could be so amazing. Jesus is ahead of me in all of it, but that's not where it finishes. He takes my past too. And it kind of goes like this, you know, <laughs> he gets everything before you and he gets everything behind you. And the devil's not allowed to have what's behind you anymore. Come on. He's not allowed to have your failures anymore. He might have had you in the moment of failure, but he's not allowed to have it anymore because Jesus paid for it. And now it belongs to him. Sometimes we think of our past as a terrible, awful demon time or whatever that it could never be reached, but he redeems that too. Come on. I just got to be in my bonnet about it the other day. And I was like, no. You know, I love that uh, revelation from Graham Cook when he was God, Jesus was saying to him, you know that anger you have, it's, it's mine. It belongs to me. So you better give me that anger because I paid for it. It's mine. And it made me think about my past and every failure, oops, everything I've done wrong. That belongs to him too. And too often the enemy will come after us and taunt us and haunt us about all the things we did wrong, all the failures, all the mess ups, all the missing God, all the times that God didn't come through for you. That belongs to Jesus too.
And this heyday that the devil's been having in some of our lives, it's finishing and things are turning around right now in Jesus' name. Because you're not giving your authority away, you're obtaining and growing. Come on. And I really feel like the Lord says, enough is enough. Give me your past. Because you've, a lot of us give them our future. It's like, yeah, I'm going to be this. All these prophetic words about this. But the, but the past is like this dumpster fire that stinks and burns. <laughs> and it's, like, it's like when the enemy wants to get you, he'll remind you of something. And I'm not even just talking about the faraway past stuff. I'm talking about the stuff you did last week that you feel so ashamed about. You feel like a failure. And you're like, it's eating you away and you're repenting a hundred times about if it's in the past, Jesus has it too. Come on. on. Nothing is outside of his reach and he's turning stuff around and telling you who you are and saying, hang on a minute. This is not okay anymore because everything about your life, when you give it to me, belongs to me. Past, present, future. It's all mine. Doesn't that feel good? It's got a leg kick. Oh, he uses it all. Nothing is wasted and it's all in his hands now. And you don't feel like you don't have to feel like you're being held ransom anymore. Oh no, the devil's dangling my failure or my mess up that I did last over my head. No, actually that transferred. That went from a different account into Jesus's account. He owns that now. Stop letting, the, stop letting the devil have that. No, that's not yours. Give it back. That belongs to someone. It doesn't even belong to me. Hello? Come on. Because sometimes we take it and we hold it and we make it belong to us and we hold ourselves captive. They're just, Sorry, girlfriend, that ain't yours either. Give it to Jesus. Do you love that? <laughs> you, that doesn't belong to you either. Stop taking ownership of the failure. Stop taking ownership of it. And I'm honing in on failure because I feel like that's what the Holy Spirit is going after right now. We are not a product of our failures. Come on. We break that mindset off in Jesus' name. No, I I am who he says I am. I just sang it for 25 minutes. Please sink in. And if you have to sing it in faith before you feel it, so be it. At least you're not saying something else that's giving your authority away to the enemy. He, that's not his, that's yours. Don't live like there was no cross and no keys restored to you. Because sometimes Christians live that way. And we're, we're crying and we feel, we feel like we're doormats and Jesus gave you the keys of the kingdom. He gave you the authority rightfully back to you. So don't act like the cross didn't happen. Come on. Don't act like you have to go through a man to have a breakthrough. Come on. I'm going to get back. I'm going to get to that in a minute. Okay, Romans 8. We all know where I'm going with this one. Who loves Romans 8? Isn't it awesome? Romans 8, 28. And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God. Come on. To those who are called according to his purpose. So God causes how many things to work together for our good? How many? All. But isn't it funny how we compartmentalize things? God can only help me in this area because this is where I strived to make him love me more. So I, I only let him work in this area. 
Not in the failure. I'm still fixing that. No, all things. All. Everybody say all. Okay, he works all things together for good. There's the devil. He's not allowed there anymore. He, the devil might have caused you to do something, to sin, but it's not his anymore. It's Jesus's. And while it's in his hands, come on, while it's in the hands of Jesus, he's working something out with it. It doesn't just sit there. It's like, oh, here's your failure. Okay, here, I'll let me. Does anyone ever notice that when people are preaching and you just want to pick it off? Just, ugh. Everyone in the front row knows. Tell me if I have any more, okay? <laughs> I will be myself to my last breath. I will not try and be any other preacher, any other person. That's not anointed. So I'm picking all my own hair in my own anointing because that's who I am, okay? Jesus loves me, this I know. Standing in my authority to take the hair off my arm, okay? <laughs> so... <laughs> power to you okay god takes your failure and he just doesn't hold it and look at your failure Woo! he's doing something he's the creator hello he can't help but create and he's taking the failure and he's creating it into something good he's taking it and he's like mm, i'm gonna cause this to work together for something good I'm going to mix this up and it might have looked worthless, lost, like it was nothing that no one could do anything with it, but I'm the creator. So I'll create something out of nothing. Come on. And I'll work it all to be good for you. Isn't that awesome? You know, and Joseph, when he was facing his brothers in Genesis 50 verse 20, he's talking to his brothers about what they did to him. And he said, you meant all these plans for my evil. And the message translation says, the plans you used for evil, God used those plans and turned them out for good for my life. God, he can even use evil, terrible, bad things. It doesn't matter. He'll use it. And he'll purpose it for your good, for your life. His whole, his whole idea of his life, his mind over you is to turn things around for good. That's what we have testimonies for. Hello. I was in darkness. Now I'm set free. What was that? A turnaround moment. But it doesn't stop with the present. That's why I'm honing in on this point. It's everything behind you. Every single thing. I, I, I've seen it in my, in my short life. That everything, the stuff I thought would never be used, he uses it. The things that I feel so dumb about or terrible worship failure moments, he's used it all. To help somebody, to show me how far I've grown, to show me that he loved me even in those failure moments. So while I felt like a failure, he's like, oh, look how beautiful and lovely I thought you were in that moment. Turned it around, caused something good to happen out of that. And, and some of us feel like God has nothing to work with because we don't have all these great prophecies or we're not in the best health. It doesn't matter. Do you have a past? He can work with all that. Amen. And the thing that we are ashamed of now becomes the weapon. Woo! The thing that we want to bury, leave, let go. He's like, mm, that's what I want to use. That thing. Because it's going to be all me. It's going to be all my glory, all my help, all my love. And I will get all the glory. Come on, he's the God that like dwindles down army numbers so that he gets the glory. <laughs> Hello. No, you have too many people. Make it less. <laughs> you got too much help. This is looking too good. Oh, 
just gives you hope. You're like, he can use me. He can use my past. He can give me an amazing future. He can do whatever he wants because he's the creator. He can make something out of nothing. I hope this is building some hope inside of you. Because even in our darkest hour, I was thinking about Job. In Job 19, verse 25, Job's in all the stuff that was going on. He had no friends, no family. He was like, I am flesh and bones. I have nothing. But in all that, he goes, but I know my Redeemer lives. And I feel like the Lord is telling you your Redeemer lives today. He's alive. And he's in the business of redeeming. So whatever the lie the enemy is trying to spin around your head, it doesn't matter. We'll use that too. Okay? Come on. It's a, you're not too old. You're not too far away. You're not too lost. You haven't you've failed enough or too much. You know what I mean? It's like, it's all. He's like, everything about you I can use. Everything about you is good to me, even though you're repulsed by some things. No, God doesn't condone sin. No, God's not happy about your failure, but he gets excited when he can be the savior. That's who he is. Ooh, there's a moment where I get to save. Yes. Riding on a white horse, he's the OG riding in on a white horse. Like, knight in shining armor, he's the OG knight in shining armor. It's like that. <laughs> you got a problem. He's like, woo, me. Let me get on the horse. I'm coming. Because your problems are an antenna of attraction to him. Look, ooh, I can save again. Ooh, I can redeem again. Oh, look at this hopeless situation. Yes. I feel excited just saying it. Because it makes all of us worth something. It makes all of us matter because we're breathing and alive. And it takes all the power away from the devil lying and saying he stole from you and you could never recover. Well, I'm going to be like Job and say, I know my redeemer lives. Come hell or high water, mistake, sabotage, whatever. Oh, things are turning around. Watch this space. Because my Redeemer's alive and well, and you better watch out. Past. Demonic assignment. You want to hit me, devil? Fine, that'll get used too against you. Are you with this? Like, there's no option for failure, because even in the failure, it's a victory. In his hands. Are you with me? Doesn't matter how bad whatever happened in your life, things are turning around. Okay, he uses it all. And even if you feel like something was lost, like properly lost, then we consider it a seed. Come on. We consider it a seed. Even the thing you might have lost a whole ton of money that you'll never get back. Fine, seed. You might have lost a loved one and it hurt you. Seed. For the rest of my loved ones. No, you're not even going to have the things that look like they're not recoverable, devil. It's now become a seed that's going to multiply. Feel the anointing. Seed, it's all seed. The devil's lying, telling you all these things. Seed. That means multiplication. So you took that one thing, now it's going to become many things and destroy you. Is this okay? Holy is the Lord. Take it, (laughs) Maul. Yeah. Come on, time that you can never get back. Seed. You'll never get back that time. You sowed all those years being in that ministry doing seed. Oh, I think I can smell a harvest coming. (laughs) Smell the grain of the harvest of that seed. Because nothing is lost and nothing is allowed to be in the devil's hands. 
doesn't matter what it looks like. You serve the creator. The enemy can just pervert, pollute, manipulate, but God can create a whole new thing out of nothing. Hello. So good to be on the winning side. Woo! There was so much resistance on me releasing this word, so I'm just going to drive it all the way down. Is that good? Oh, demonic attacks, sicknesses. I'm like, what is going on? Oh, I'm going to uncover this thing. You want to mess double, you're giving yourself away that you don't want to be uncovered. No, we have the authority. We're not going to be those people that say, I need the pastor to come and pray for my house. Sometimes that is a thing, okay? That's the disclaimer, okay? But that should be the exception to the rule that I have the authority. My pastor trains me to grow up in the house of God and stand in my rightful authority, not be codependent on the leader again because I can't have authority and no. That's not what we're building here. We're building soldiers and warriors and people who stand in their authority and plunder hell and populate heaven. Come on. Where we stand and where we all, everyone knows who they are. From the greeter to the children's church worker to the pre, we're all, we all the same. We know who we are. We're sons and daughters of the living God. Hello. Hey. So I feel like we're just snatching something out of the devil's hand right now. We're taking back the authority we gave away because we thought our past belonged to him. Because he messed it up. No, it doesn't belong to him. Get out, devil. Is this helping somebody? (laughs) This is the most awesome thing about Job. We know in Job 42, 12, it said, The Lord blessed the latter part of his life more than the former. So the enemy is lying to you and saying something's stolen or messed up or not happening. Da, da, da. Oh, your ladder, the end of your life is going to be far greater than anything you're benchmarking yourself against right now. Those were the glory days when we were in those revival meetings. Those were the glory times and that was, those were the good old days. The good new days are better than the good old days. Come on. The end of your life is going to be more blessed and glorious as you yield and walk this road out with Jesus. Come on, not out of striving, out of yielding and intimacy. Okay, and which is a point I want to make with, in regards to all of this turning the tables around in this word. It's not, sometimes I feel like when these kind of words come, it's like, yes, so that I can have more and more of this and more of that. And it's like the, the fallen man thinks that excess is like the greatest thing since sliced bread. And what I mean by that is like, you see people in Orange County, it's like, if they have more, then that makes them seem like they're more successful. So they, they mound up for themselves more and more and more, and they want, they want, they think excess means the blessing, even though sometimes it does exceedingly abundantly. Okay, but not to a place, but to a place where you're operating in this funky orphan poverty spirit where you're trying to heap for yourself stuff. That, that, that is empty. And, and I felt like the Lord say, with all this turnaround, it's not about excess, it's about access. And when he, in regards to turning things around, it's about the connection you have with the Father and the access to Him and His kingdom that will break open something in your life that turns things around. Okay, we don't want to have a blessed me Christianity, even though we are blessed and we want to be prosperous and blessed. You guys know that. Okay, but the other pendulum of that is that you have to have success. You know, there's some churches out there, they have to have all the numbers to make them look successful. 
it's not about excess, it's about access. And intimacy is going to be how you see God work on your behalf and turn the tables around. Because some of us, too, we're, our motives for turning things around are so that we can have a better life or things can get easier, which we all desire in a way because life is hard. But it really should be closer intimacy and, 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 and connecting with the source of the Father. Does that make sense? Okay, because what I was thinking about this too, when we, the turnaround, the breakthrough moments, we always think it's the more, and sometimes it's not, sometimes it's the less, sometimes it's the harder road, that's the turnaround, but it's the making of you. And I look, I was looking at the world and thinking about the idea of excess and so much. And I thought, man, we have an excess of knowledge right now. So much knowledge on the earth right now. We have more knowledge floating around than ever before. But I feel like people are getting more dumb. (laughs) Can I say it? I mean, some people are getting really smarter and they're just sitting in the room getting smarter. Okay. But the general population, like common sense is not common anymore. With this wealth of knowledge, you think that we would be like, everyone would be so smart and so onto it and everything would be tightened and look so great, but the excess has made people unhealthy. Okay, it's the same with social media. There's an excess of socializing, but there's never been more loneliness on the earth than ever before. People feel more alone now than ever. They do studies. There's more suicide, more anxiety, depression, and and people feel separated when they have so much social interaction. The excess is doing the opposite. It's the same with food and how some people eat excess of sugar, excess of all these things. And they think the more they'll consume, the orphan poverty, fear, consuming is going to make them be better. But it's actually causing an unhealthiness inside of them. And if the Lord's going to turn things around in your favor, it has to be the goal of intimacy and, and what I can access through his heart not get the excess and more and more and more so I can look and feel successful. I know this is interesting way to say it, but I felt like this is the word that the Lord wanted to use. It's not excess, it's access. And you need to, we need to go deeper in intimacy with God where we, where we let go and let him and we go directly to the source. John sixteen fifteen. Jesus is talking to his disciples saying all that the father has is mine. And through the spirit of God, I'm going to show all of that to you, which what he's saying is everything that the father has is mine. And both of us, we're going to give it all to you. We're going to show it all to you. Access. And, and we don't ever want these breakthrough turnaround moments outside of intimacy. We got to go low this year of fasting. It's about getting closer and relinquishing more of control in our flesh and our, our want for the excess for the more it's Jesus. It's just me and you just like the day I'm going to die and face you. No one else is going to be there. My phone with my Facebook, Instagram is not going to be there. Me and you, I'm not going to wait till that moment till I have to face you. I'm going to face you right now because I want intimacy and true turnaround moments come from intimacy, come from going to your father. This is not a codependent Christianity. Like I said, okay, Jesus didn't die so that you could go through a man again. 
Yes, we have church. Yes, we have leadership. Yes, we have covering. All those things are good and have a rightful place, but nothing replaces the intimacy and connection between you and God where you can get answers for yourself and not have to go through someone else. There's so much, uh, and it has its place, okay? But there's a lot more um, drugs being dispensed to people and and therapists and counseling and therapy. It's all good, but I feel like it's filling a void in people because they're not going to Jesus first. God bless Val. She's going to be a therapist. However... And there's a place for that. But I feel like this generation is going more than ever into that realm because of the lack of the connection with the Father that they're looking for. And they're looking and they're searching and they're looking and they're trying to fill it. And we have pure access to the Father through Jesus. Not only does he take our future, he takes our past. But he's like, you're not just going to float there. Come, have access to my heart have access to the father that was the first thing that happened after jesus died on the cross the separation was dealt with no more separation and the heart of the father i feel right now over us as a people is intimacy intimacy nothing can replace it come and be with me in the secret place alone you're searching for the turnaround moment but it's access through me And the scripture, Romans 8, says, all things work together for good for those who love God. It doesn't say all things work together for good for any Joe Schmo who needs him. Right? Let's look at the scripture. It says, for those who love God. And love is not defined by ushy, gushy, I love you. Go out and sin. Love. Jesus said, if you love me, you'll obey my word. He's working things for good as you love him, as you obey his word. Stuff might not be working for you right now because your love relationship with him is disconnected. And you're crying and you're blaming God. And he's like, if you love me, you'll obey me, my word. You want me to work everything for good for you and turn it all around. But that's for those who love me. Come on. And there's, he's not there saying, I'm going to withhold from you, play a little game and confuse you. The door is always open. It's just up to us if we're going to make a moment uh, uh, in a secret place with him to actually have that access. Because sometimes I think, you know, and what I realize too, the more, this is going to sound interesting, but just go with me. The more Christians I meet around, the more shallow I realize people live in their Christianity. Is, they have no idea they have authority. They have no idea they have access to God. They're like these little doormats and they're groveling and they can't do anything from themselves. And they have his name, his blood, his resurrection, his cross, his word, and they're sitting in this shallow level. No one's going deeper. And the door's wide open. Jesus is like, come, come, I did everything. There's nothing else I can do to get you to come to me. You have to come. And he's calling us deeper. And he doesn't want us to cry and be discouraged on the shallow level saying, why didn't you turn it around? Why aren't you answering my prayers? He's like, because I can work with those who obey and love me. Because he's a person. Because that means something to him. 
come on, we don't want to live this Christianity for anyone else but him. This is not about anything else. Not even the greatness of the fullness of your calling. This is all about intimacy and closeness with God and you discovering him and him discovering you, so to speak. He knows who you are. But it's time for us, if we're going to have a turnaround, we need to let go of all those things we want excess of, right? And realize we're not an orphan. We can go get whatever we need from Jesus and, and get spiritual nutrients. Because I also feel like a lot of us, we, um, we digest a lot of empty calories spiritually, so we, we think that if we get more knowledge, if I listen to enough podcasts, YouTubes, if I interview all my friends and we sit around talking about the galaxy and the universe, all that time that somehow out of that, you're going to feel better about your life because you gained more knowledge. But really, you got nothing out of that. There was no nutrients in that spiritual meal. And so many Christians are consuming and consuming and consuming, but they're not retaining anything. Empty calories, empty spiritual calories, no nutrients from heaven. They just want the sweets of the spirit. They're, they're good from time to time. We roll on the ground and go crazy. It's awesome. But you can't live in that place all the time. You need the meat and the vegetables of the spirit. Amen. Okay, and sometimes consuming all this knowledge, but having no revelation of it, no retaining of it, it's actually accomplishing nothing in your life. Back to intimacy. Nutrition spiritually from heaven, where you read your Bible with the Holy Spirit. Where you commune with God, where you, you worship, where no one's looking. You're like, oh, well, I can't, I, I can't be noisy in my, then just lip sync worship. Has anyone been there? <laughs> the kids will be sleeping and I'm like, you know, like worshiping. I can't let one note out, but my heart, like, ah! you know, like just gushing. <laughs> my worship is not limited to my voice print. It's coming from somewhere else. That's just the, uh, the exit point. Intimacy, turnaround moments from intimacy. Who's excited? I am. Oh, I want to spend some time like, oh, I want to get like spiritual nutrients, not empty calorie Christianity. Yes. Hello. Okay, and one of the key ways that you can get spiritual nutrients for you from heaven is the intimate times with the Lord, seeking him, worshiping him, communing with him, reading the Bible with him. I invite him. Lord, come, let's read the Bible together. Graham Cook says that the Lord has him read the Bible out loud to him. And he's like, Lord, this is your word, like you know it. But Jesus just loves hearing Graham's voice reading to him the word. It's like a beautiful moment they have together. That's who we get to be with and, and to walk in the cool of our lives with. The garden was restored. We can walk with God. We can be close with him. And we're contending and believing for breakthroughs in our lives. And he said, it's all from access of intimacy from my heart. Not access, access to me. That's what you need. And some of the most powerful turnaround moments truly are the moments of repentance. Right? Because we know that repentance means to turn. 
And that's the greatest turning point celebration moments that heaven has when, when a sinner repents. And we need to live a lifestyle of repentance. Just like God's turning things around for us, he's, there's this word, he's going to turn it around. Yes, we also are turning things around. We're little turners too, hey? Okay, we're repentance turners. We need to live a lifestyle of repentance, not just visiting it when we feel guilty, but we do like a daily washing. That's what I do multiple times a day because sometimes I don't even know if I've sinned or not. You know, I know when I've consciously sinned and I feel really bad, but there might be times where I hurt somebody and I sinned against them and I had no idea. That's where the daily repentance is really good. Create in me a clean heart, David said. Renew a right spirit in me. Come on, search the Psalms 139. Search me and know me. Psalms 51.10 was creating me a clean heart. You know, we want God to do all the turning and the turning tables. And he's like, can you turn too? Let's do a dance. You want me to turn everything? You need to do some turning, girlfriend. You need to turn away from that stuff. You need to turn away from the sin. You need to turn away from that religious spirit. The religious spirit is very toxic because it looks like God, but it's not. The Pharisees knew more of the book of the law and knew more what Jesus should have been and looked like at the time. And they were the most blind to seeing him. They had all the right words to say, all the right clothes. They knew more than everyone else blind. And sometimes we can go through our lives and not realize that we have a religious spirit operating we're criticizing everything the preacher's saying or the podcast saying or the YouTube's and we're picking apart everything. It's like you can find a different angle on every single scripture of the Bible. You are not more powerful because you can pick someone apart. Hello. You don't get a little extra identity point because you're making a post against a ministry or a thing. You look powerful because you disagree. That's this generation. I know more because I disagree. So what? That doesn't make you more of a son or a daughter of God. In fact, you look more like a spirit of religion. I just want to, I just disagree with the what's preached. Let me tell you, go find a perfect church. Let me know when you find it. I will also attend. (laughs) There is no perfect church. So if you're going to go hop and pick apart everything about every, that'll be the rest of your life. Going from church to church, conference to conference, picking everyone apart, disagreeing, feeling empowered, going nowhere. Bind you, you religious spirit. Get out. There's, there's a difference between, I don't like that. And you know what? All of us are going to see something a little differently sometimes. It doesn't mean I have the stinging attitude where I feel better because I pick something apart. Spit that out of my mouth, says God. And it looks so holy because, well, this scripture says... And this scripture counters what that was said. And they're taking things totally out of context and looking at some YouTube video of Heidi Baker releasing someone into ministry. And they're picking that apart like it's a devil and using scriptures with it. Oh, why don't you take the plank out of your own eye instead of worrying about specks and everyone else's? Because if you don't, you will remain the same, going from place to place in a vicious cycle 
of a spirit of religion and you will be blinded because you'll think you're righteous because you're using scripture. But even the devil did that when Jesus was being tempted. Oh, well, it's also written Jesus. Was he holier than Jesus because he won up to him in that moment? It's really just you showing that you're an orphan and you don't know who you are and you have to like justify yourself by one-upping and disagreeing. That was my little tangent against that thing. <laughs> it's this generation. You see it all. You open the social media and someone's digging and, well, that's not script, blah, 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 this. Blah, well, if you take these 20s, <sighs> sit down. Mind your own business. You don't need to correct people publicly on their Facebook stuff. They're just enjoying a revelation they had. You police, religious police. It's like, wee-wee, I'm taking this post down. Look in the mirror and repent. Look at the plank and then come and talk to me about the speck in my eye. Is this okay? I'm just diving down a little bunny trail. There's probably some religious devils trying to mess with you. Well, we don't agree with your angle of blah, blah, blah. Okay. That's not going to make me not love you. That's not going to make me give up on you. Is that what you're trying to do? That's not going to make you more of a leader. I'm not going to now hand you the microphone because you one-upped me in your interpretation of scripture. Is this okay? <laughs> I don't even know what's happening, but we're just going with it. It's a real thing right now. And you will have people try and get all up in your life and talk doctrine and theology and one-up you all the time. And their motive is really, I'm an insecure orphan and I want to look like I know something. And in fact, you remind me of a wound, so that's why I'm one-upping you. I was never parented, and you remind me of a parental figure, so I'm just going to jab you because I never got to jab my own parents. I don't like authority because it makes me feel uneasy because really I was hurt by someone. And you represent pain, so I'm going to one-up you. It takes a bigger person to love and to look past someone at fault than it does to call out the fault. It's harder to do that. So if you want to be the big man, the big woman, love. That's hard. Yes. Woo. This is the Holy Spirit because he just has a bee in his bonnet about it. <laughs> he has a bonnet, but <laughs> Jesus. Oh, we just break the spirit of religion's power in Jesus' name. We break every word of witchcraft spoken against us. We break every word curse, every tear down, every negative word spoken over us and our families, over this ministry, over the leadership. Come on. We break your power, you spirit of religion. You strong man over this territory and trying to get in all the churches. We defy you in the name of the Lord. We rebuke you. You are not welcome here. You're not welcome in the churches in Jesus' name. Whoo! For the spirit of the Lord is here. <laughs> and where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. And we just declare liberty over this territory. Not on our watch in Jesus' name. Ho! Oh. In Jesus' name.
Because some of the hardest people we're going to have to love in this territory are the ones who are bound and oppressed by religious devils. Because it's so easy to not like them. Oh, they're just righteous and proud. Who's going to love the, righteous and, the self-righteous and proud? Who's going to love them? Someone has to. Someone has to be called to them. Even if it's to, to do, deliver a little word that might bring a little humility. We can't just write them off and get, uh, yeah, I bind you, Satan. There's still a person there. They might be oppressed. <laughs> That's a big chunk of the harvest here because there's a lot of organization, uh, religious organization, but no God, no leader, no uh, Holy Spirit freedom with the word. Revelation meat. There's just tin can gospel regurgitated over and over and over. No spiritual nutrients. We got our work cut out for us in this territory. That was my tangent. So God's going to turn things around for us. In Jesus' name. And he's going to use us to be a blessing. But the turnaround is through access. Through intimacy through love with him because he works all things for good for those who love him, who give their lives, who love, who obey, who give their lives over, who fast, come on, and do this thing for real and really uh, agree to do some turning themselves. God, you turn it around, turn around. He's like, can you do some turning? Because that would help my turning. (laughs) If you repented of that thing, I could turn this around a little bit faster But while you're dabbling in the spirit of the world and you're crying out for me to turn it around, I can't do anything because you're in agreement. Do you hear what I'm saying? That God doesn't work. His name doesn't work. No, you just need to work your repentance. You need to work some turning and let some stuff go. Truly, repentance is turning away and going in the different direction. So I just released that over this. That's, That's the word of the Lord I had. And uh, I really believe we could just stand up right now and kind of do some of our own turning, but also stand in the hope and the belief of that, uh, of his ability to turn things around for our good. Does that sound good? Lord, help us uh, live a lifestyle of repentance and heat us up in this chilly room in Jesus' name. Oh, it's like next Sunday, bring gloves, bring scarves, snowsuit. Or just a building, Jesus. Woo! Yeah. That was an extended whoa. I'll take it, man. (laughs) Ring the alarm. (laughs) You know, the Lord showed me just while we're posturing ourselves to talk to God. The Lord showed me and convicted me this week about um, Joshua and Caleb and how... He, God told Moses to send out the spies, to spy out the land. And the only two that came back and said the land was good for the taking was Joshua and Caleb. And there have been times in my own life where I've looked at Orange County and even just getting a building and the impossible that we're looking for. And I've been like, oh my gosh, it's too hard. Oh my gosh, how are we going to do this? How's God going to pay for that? You know, things that you can feel and think when they're outside of your ability. And the, and the Lord quickened my heart this week. And he's like, no, you need to be like Joshua and Caleb and say, the land is good. There are buildings for the taking. You got this. Those giants aren't too big for you. You're going to have this thing. You're going to obtain. 
Isn't that awesome? So I want to release that over you too, because in whatever area of your life, it might be you're believing with us to get a building with air conditioning, hallelujah, or it might be something else, whatever it is, but watch how you're saying, say it's good. No, that's good for the taking. No, my spouse is coming. No, there is something for me. The land is good. It's plentiful. It's not going to overwhelm us. There's not too many demons out there. This is good. We got this. And Joshua and Caleb were the only ones who obtained because they believed something was good. Even though in the face of all the stuff that looked bad, they said, no, God can do this. We got this. So we're going to do that right now. In Jesus' name, Lord, we know that you got this and that the land is good, that the promises are good. And we declare that you're going to do it. We're going to obtain it. You're going to turn things around right now in Jesus' name. And we take back authority from the devil. And we declare that we're going to have everything we're believing for in Jesus' name. We're the Joshua's, we're the Caleb's, and we look to our future and say, it's good. This promised land is good. We're going to have our spouses and our buildings and our families. Come on. We're going to have our health. We're going to have everything we need to fulfill the high call of God because the land is good. Come on. And Lord, right now, we just do our own turning and we turn away from sin. We repent right now in Jesus' name. We turn away from the things that have been entangling us that we know we've done wrong. We repent. We do our own turning, God. And we ask for your forgiveness. We say like the Psalms, create in us clean hearts, God. Search us and know us. See if there's any wicked way inside of us. And lead us in the way everlasting so that we can see you turn around everything for good we're going to be turning we're going to do a dance with you God you're going to turn all things for good and we're going to turn away from the sin and we're going to repent from not putting you first God and Lord we repent for maybe agreeing with orphan spirits and saying there's not enough I need more 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 and not realizing it's not excess it's access to you and I pray we pray God that there would be a restored intimacy inside of us and there would be a flame brighter than ever before between you and I God that we would go deeper further wider in your love and that out of this place of intimacy there would be great downloads of identity God that we would know who who we are and stand in the fullness of Jesus's authority over our lives right now in Jesus name we repent for agreeing with what the devil says over us we repent for thinking we're orphans or left aside or fearing we repent for all those things God and we access you we access intimacy and Lord as we let go and we repent and we live a repented lifestyle I thank you that naturally you're working everything for good Come on. We believe in Jesus' name. You're going to turn it around. That what was is no longer anymore because something greater has overwhelmed what was in Jesus' name. Come on. That our latter days of our life are going to be greater than any former day we've ever lived in Jesus' name. That the glorious, amazing fulfillment of our calling is ahead of us. And beautiful intimacy walking with you in the cool of the day is for today. Come on. And I think it's a new day. It's the scales have fall off our eyes. Eyes have been opened. Th- stuff has come off of us. And we're stepping into a greater understanding of who you are. And that we have access to your heart completely. 
And Lord, we repent if we've had any agreement with the religious spirit in Jesus' name. We repent, God. We don't want to be that way. We want to be just humble and close and be full of identity so we don't even need to worry about anything else because we know who we are and we know whose we are in Jesus' name. So, Lord, we just declare it's turnaround time in Jesus' name. It's turnaround time in Jesus' name. And I just pray for heightened, amazing, intimate times with you where we get downloads of spiritual nutrition that stick to us, God. And Jesus, show us where we need to seek and what scriptures to read and what songs to worship you with, whatever, God. You know, help us to see and to find you in our times with you, Lord. And we just thank you. It's a new day in Jesus' name that nothing is lost, that no failure, no mess up, no stolen thing is, is in the enemy's hands anymore. We just, we just place it in your hands afresh right now in Jesus' name. We place it in your hands and even all the things that were properly stolen, it's a seed. We declare it today in Jesus' name. Nothing of my life is going to result in nothing. It's going to count for something in Jesus' name. And I thank you for the harvest on that seed. Even if it was so far in the past, we call harvest on that seed in Jesus' name. Who in Jesus' name. Come on. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. Who? That was awesome, huh? The Lord just did something.